Today we're going to talk about faith. I, rem I was reminded uh, a few years ago, my son called me up. I was in an important meeting with the elders. And he said, Ba, I think you need to come home right away. That's never a good way to start a conversation. He said, Ba, I, need you. I think you need to come home right away. My, my oldest son told me that my youngest son had just vomited blood. It's a very scary thing. Because, you know, of course, blood is not supposed to be in your stomach. And so he vomited blood, and he told me to come. And I came, and I picked him up. And uh, he was sitting in the couch. And I said, David, come here. Come here. And so he started to walk to me, and then he, he fainted. And I caught him before his face hit the floor. And, um, and we took him to the hospital. As we took him to the hospital, um, normal uh, hemoglobin. Has anybody here ever heard of hemoglobin? The first time I ever heard of hemoglobin was when this moment with my son. So his hemoglobin, normal person, is about at 15. I don't know what these numbers mean. I'm just telling you. Normal person, 13 to 15. Um, my son was at a 9. And so we were there, and we stood with him. My wife and I stood there, and my son, Edwin, stood with my youngest son. And we stood there for two days. And in that time, his hemoglobin went from 9. Remember, 13 to 15 is healthy. Um, at 4, you're supposed to go into cardiac arrest. It's just not enough blood in your system. Um, he, he, went, he was in 4.9. And they said that they were going to transfer him uh, to this other hospital. And I, I was going to go home because I had been there for three days. And it was going to take about two hours to transfer him. So I told my wife to stay. I'll pick up his clothes and all that other stuff. Went home. I remember as I got into the car, as I got into the car, there was a sort of a despair that came over me. The kind of despair that you feel when you think your baby is about to die. And I remember being in that moment and just going, God, I trust you. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And so you can be trusted. See, what that moment needed more than anything else is for the faith that God had given me to be picked up. But all of us go through moments like that, moments of tragedy, moments of woe, moments of difficulty, moments of fright, where we have nothing more than to pick up the faith that God has given us. It's the only hope that we have during dark moments. When your marriage is falling apart and you go, I don't put any trust in my spouse. I'm going to pick up the faith that God has given me and trust him for the outcome, because remember, while we don't know what the future holds, we know who holds the future. While we're going through the health crisis that we're going through, and it's like the doctors say, this is very, very bad. It's bad enough that you, I can't tell you over the phone, you got to come in for this one. We go. Here's, here's what we do. Listen, this is the big idea for today. 
We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. So we come to him because all of us will have a crisis. In our, maybe in your singleness, you think, I'll never get married. And, and, he, and, and that's a deep sadness to you. We go, I don't, I don't put any trust in my ability to attract or win someone over. No, 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 listen. I don't know what the tr- future holds, but I know who holds the future. When we come to God, we come to God in faith, trusting that he himself will guide us and lead us. Today we're talking about the shield of faith. Interestingly enough, the shield that Paul was talking about didn't look at all like this. It was actually about as wide as uh, two and a half feet and was about four to five feet long. So if you can imagine uh, something like this all the way down to the floor, it was like a door. And the purpose of the shield was to defend against arrows and attacks. But the shield didn't just defend the person standing behind it. It protected the soldiers around it. See, the soldier who had the shield had a, a, an obligation not only to protect himself, but to protect others around him. He used his shield. But the shield was needed most. Someone say needed most. The shield was needed most where the battle was the hottest. You see, you couldn't carry around a shield like this throughout the entire battle. This was when you were coming up against the wall and you were going to conquer a city and they would throw everything from molten lava to fiery arrows, you know, literally dip their arrow in pitch, set it on fire and uh, 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 shoot it to you. This shield was super important and necessary. Now, some shields, like the one in this picture, is made of metal. There are other shields that are made of of wood. The kind that they had were made of wood. And they would have put animal skin soaked in water so that when the shield, when the fiery darts would come, it would be extinguished in the shield, protecting them. But here's what they knew. They knew that they needed to hide behind the shield. That if their breastplate was going to work, if their belt was going to hold up, if their shoes were going to be able to fight the next day, that they would need to be hidden behind the shield. And like I said, some shields are made of metal. Other shields are made of wood. For For the Christian, our shield is made of this thing called faith. It's the shield of faith. So God in his word says, hey, listen, I've given you some truth. I've given you some truth. In God's word, we talked about that. I've given you some truth that you need to rehearse. I've given you some truth that you need to remember. Listen, I've given you this truth. You need to study God's word, center your life around God's word, read God's word, memorize God's word, meditate on God's word. That's the, 
the belt of truth. And then we also have the breastplate of righteousness. We need to walk in this to be defended. We need to be protected. Our, our, our vital organs need to be protected by the attacks of the evil one. And we talked about the shoes of peace. We need to be fitted with these. We need to walk in them. Not only peace with God, but peace with others and also peace within our own souls. We need to have that strapped on. But all of this means nothing if you don't pick up your faith. It's your faith that empowers all of these. And it's not a faith that comes from you. It's a faith that's bestowed upon you. Remember what we said in the first couple of weeks. We said that the armor is is the armor of God. He's giving you his resources. This is the same armor that God himself wears. And it's given to you. We've been in this series, and each week we've been reminded what the armor of God really is. The armor of God, as you'll see on the screen, is the benefits, the freedoms, and the privileges that are ours in Christ. It's the benefits, the freedoms, and the privileges that are ours in Christ. That if you don't use, your suffering will be unsufferable. Your pain will be more painful. Your dark night will be darker still. It is the resources, the benefits, the privileges that you have been given in Christ that allow us not only to endure but to advance in life. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. It says this, in addition to all this, these things that we've talked about and these things that we will talk about, in addition to all of this armor, pick up or take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish, the flame, uh, extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So let me just, because we're talking about faith and we live in a society that that can kind of mean anything you want it to mean. I want to be clear. I have three things that I want you to know about faith. And the first one is this, uh, uh, when it comes to faith, faith is bringing to bear the reality of who God is on your situation. Faith is bringing to bear who God is on your situation. And I don't know what your situation is. See, I'm in fact, I'm gonna, let me give you all three of them. And I, I want you to see them all. Faith is not only bringing to bear the reality of who God is in your, on your situation. Faith is also taking what you know about Jesus and applying it, applying that to what you don't know about your circumstance. We're going to talk about these. Faith is also not believing God for a preferred conclusion, but trusting God in spite of the unpreferred consequence. Let's talk about these things. So faith is bringing to bear the reality of who God is on your situation. 
That means when we, you and I are living our lives, we will go through life, we, the battle will get hot, especially, especially when you want to serve Jesus in a new and powerful way. Especially, listen to me, you need this shield of faith. When the, Satan is throwing his arrows at you, you can at least take comfort in this one thing. That you're going and growing in the right direction. I'm telling you, you'll never need the shield of faith as a lackadaisical Christian. You'll never, because there's no point. You're relaxed, you're chill. You're watching seven hours of YouTube. You're watching three hours of TV. You're not sharing your faith with anybody. You're not taking any steps of faith. You're living in your sin. You're pursuing your own uh, cravings and desires. Satan doesn't have a fight with you. For what? It's already over. But go ahead and decide that you're going to serve in this church. Go ahead and decide that you're going to actually start moving out in faith in a way that you never have with your finances. Go ahead and decide that you're going to pursue Jesus in a more sanctified and surrendered way, fighting against those temptations and desires, and see what kind of hits your shield doesn't take. See what kind of fiery darts don't fly your way. Go ahead and say to yourself, I am going to turn from, uh, I'm going to turn from this desire and I'm going to pursue Jesus and see if, see, if, see if it all doesn't just try to fall apart. I'm telling you, listen to me. Faith is then bringing to bear the reality of who God is on your situation. When your singleness is no longer something that you want, going, wait, 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 Jesus is my spouse. He's my husband. He's the one who will care for me and love me, even though I'm not experiencing that in a marriage. When your husband breaks your heart. I said, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to one day have a husband that is going to come for me and going to encourage me and love me. When your children have gone astray, I have one who walks with the brokenhearted and is close to those who are crushed in spirit. Don't you see? It's bringing to bear the reality of who God is on your situation. But it's not just that. Faith is also taking what you know about God and applying that to what you don't know about your circumstance. Do you feel what I'm saying when I say that? It's taking what you know about God and applying it to what you don't know about your circumstances. So you're walking through and, and you go, wait, 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 wait. You're going into your job and everybody's being let go. And you go, am I going to be let go this week? Am I going to be let go this month? You hide behind, you hide behind, you, and you go, wait, 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 wait. I don't know. And it's, it goes back to what we were saying as our big idea. I don't know what the future holds, 
but I know who holds the future. God, who's God? God is my provider. I know that about God. He says in his word that he will provide all of my needs for every moment that I have. God is my provider. So I don't know where I keep the job or I don't keep the job. I don't know if I get the raise or I get the pink slip. But here's what I do know. I know that, I, that God is my provider. Why? Because I'm taking what I know about God and applying it to what I don't know about my circumstances. And then finally, I want to say this about faith. Faith is not believing God for a preferred conclusion, but it's trusting God in spite of the unpreferred consequence. And this one, let's spend some time here. Most of us, when we say, here's, here's what I hear all the time. Maybe you say this. I know I've said it. Um, my kid is smoking crack. No, but I have faith that God is going to get him clean. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's not a faith in God. That's something else. No, no, no. My mother's sick, but I have faith she's going to get better. No, no, no. You have a hope for a preferred outcome. We're not talking about putting faith in a preferred outcome. We're talking about putting faith in the one who holds everything in his hands. Don't you understand? It's not about having faith in a preferred outcome, but rather about having faith in the one who can take you through whatever consequence comes. Faith is not believing God for a preferred conclusion, but trusting God in spite of an unpreferred consequence. No, I just have faith. God is going to give me the money that I need. See, this is why this is so dangerous to think this way. Because and then you, make, you put God in your debt. You, put, you make God a slave and not a Lord. So here's what happens. You say, I have faith that God's going to give me the money um, for the mortgage or the rent, right? I have faith. Oh, I don't know where it's coming from. I lost my job. I don't have any more money in the bank. All of my friends have lent me everything that they could. I, I have faith, though, that God is going to, you know, I've heard stories in church. I'm going to the mailbox with great anticipation, looking for a check that's coming in from some old tax thing that they said, you know, looking that they said, oh, we made a mistake. And four years ago, we gave you $300. It was supposed to be $3,000. Here's your uh, tax uh, check of $2,700. And then we'll all come to church and we say, church, I got to testify. Zach gave us an opportunity for um, grateful for and sorry about. We go, and, and the landlord was ready to throw me out. And then we go, but God. And God did this and this and this. And that's valid and beautiful and wonderful. But here's the deal, bro. I live in a reality where mothers don't get out of deathbeds. I live in a reality where kids who are smoking crack die smoking crack. I live in a reality where people who love Jesus become homeless because they don't have the resources. It's the reality I live in. So if you, we thank God for all the blessings that he gives, it's right to come with the check of the $2,700 and talk about the testimony that God gives. 
But we're wrong if we call that faith because what we're saying is that God has to bow his knee to my, what I think ought to happen. What I think. Listen to me. Faith is not believing God for a preferred conclusion, but trusting God in spite of the unpreferred consequence. Here's what it looks like. God, and again, we're talk, we, we go to the first, right? Bringing uh, to bear the reality of who God is on your situation. We say this. We go, God, here's what, here's what I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And what that means is that, God, if you don't send me this money, then send a warm coat because it's getting cold out there. But I know that you'll be with me, whether you send the money or the coat. God, I don't know what's going to happen in my marriage. But God, would you be a spouse to me if she comes back or doesn't come back? If he becomes faithful or remains unfaithful? If they, they lose their minds or they keep their minds? If I lose my job or I keep my job? If the kid goes wayward or the kid comes back to Jesus? Don't you see? If we do that, then doesn't matter what the circumstances is because our God is always good and we can trust him to be good in our circumstances. Do you see that? This is why many of you, because you didn't have faith, you believed that God was going to give you what you wanted. And God said, I know what's best for you. And you go, I don't like what you know. And you go in your own way because you think you know better. I think I know better than the one who created us. See, listen to me. Listen to me. Sometimes it doesn't turn out the way you wished. Sometimes it doesn't turn out the way you wished. So we come to Christ with our open hands and we say, you can put in whatever you want, health, relationships, finances, or you can take out whatever you want out of our lives, health, relationship, finances. But we trust, we trust you. We trust you. Faith is bringing to bear the reality of who God is on your situation. Faith is also taking what you know about God and applying it to what you don't know about your circumstances. Faith is also not believing God for a preferred conclusion, but trusting God in spite of the unpreferred consequences. God says, he'll be our shield. God says, he'll be our hope. God is your shield. God is your protection. You hide behind him. I love this in Genesis 15, 1. It says this. He's, God is speaking to Abram. And he says, 
Do not be afraid. Don't you hate that? <laughs> just, I don't know. Whenever somebody says, don't be afraid, it's almost like, I almost like want to feel more afraid, right? It's like, it's like are you kidding me? Do you, are you not paying attention? This is a very scary circumstance. But, but God says something powerful to Abram, who will then become Abraham. God says, I am your shield. Your very great reward. I'm the one you can hide behind. I'm the one who you could storm a castle with. I'm the one that you could fight in the marriage with. I'm the one who will walk with you during your children's wayward days. I'm the one who will protect you. I am the one who will stand with you when all, it feels like all hell has been unleashed on your life. I am the one. And when your life is surrounded by death, he goes, I am the one who will walk you through. He goes, I'll be your shield. I am your shield. And so, what do we do with this? So, remember, we're not talking about getting what you want from God. We're talking about trusting God when you don't get what you want. When things don't go your way. That's what we're talking about. So what do we do? When the fight's the hottest, when Satan is throwing his fiery darts, here's what we do. Three things. I want you to first... Pick up your shield. Pick up your shield. If you're like me, you struggle with depression. You struggle with emotionally dealing with some of the stuff that's going on in your life. I gotta remind myself all the time, where's your shield? Pick it up, pick it up. I have to surround myself with other people. Others who remind me, you know, Jesus is with you during this suffering. Jesus is with you during this loss. Jesus is with you. I got to be reminded of that. Pick up the shield of faith. Be reminded that if this goes the way that I like, I can trust God, and if this goes the way that I don't like, I can trust God. God is worthy of my trust because I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Pick up your shield. Pick up your shield and let it defend the truth that God is teaching you. Let it help you walk in the power of the righteousness that God has bestowed upon you, living that out, and walk in the peace that God has given, even through tears. Pick up your shield. Where is your shield? Pick it up. Pick it up. And your, your temptation will be to only pick up concerns and worries, fears and depression. How is this all going to end? What's going to happen next? Beloved, pick up your shield. All right, 
First, pick up your shield. Second, wait for the sizzle. Here's what this text says. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows. You got to wait for the sizzle. You know what I mean by sizzle. If you've ever been um, and you've taken like a hot piece of metal and put it in uh, water, there's this sizzle. And the sizzle is letting you know that the coolness of the water is having an effect on the heat that's on the metal. It's letting you know that it's no longer has the heat that it had before. The fiery darts would fly in and they would soak uh, animal skin and they would uh, uh, in water and so they would it would come, and rather than putting the shield on fire because it was made of wood, it would, they would hear. You could hear the sizzle because the flaming arrows were extinguished. Well, when we walk in faith, when we walk with the shield of faith, we got to wait for the sizzle. We got to wait for the faith that God has given us, that he's our shield. We got to wait until the, the storm passes. And this, this is not born. It's not born of your strength. It's not born of your ability. This is born of the Spirit of God being gracious to you, reminding yourself through the belt of truth while walking in the breastplate of righteousness and living in peace. God gives us grace for those moments. So we got to pick up the shield. we got to wait for the sizzle. And then we got to look at the Savior. Beloved, our scriptures teach us that there is nothing that you and I have gone through that Jesus Christ can't identify with. That all of our woes and temptations. Do you have someone who you love betrayed you? Jesus knows what that's like. With a kiss, they betrayed him. Do you have someone that you're trying to help that doesn't want your help and in fact returns your help with hurt? Jesus knows what that's like. Every single one of us have had times where Jesus has tried to draw us to himself and we've rejected him over and over and over again. Jesus was literally murdered by the people he was trying to help. Look at the Savior. Do you have uh, moments where you don't have any resources and you don't know where they're going to come from? Beloved, think about this. Jesus literally said, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus knows what you're going through. Jesus is with you. Do you struggle with something that you feel you can't bear? A temptation you want to come back to over and over again? Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane struggled so mightily that literally blood came from his sweat glands. That's incredible to me. 
You don't struggle alone. Look at your Savior. You say, you say but I have, I have a spouse who doesn't meet my needs, who is not bringing me joy, who has rebelled again and again. In moments like that, you can almost hear Jesus go, really tell me about it. The church is called the bride of Christ. And sometimes I tell you, man, I wonder why he doesn't file for divorce with the way we act sometimes. But he doesn't. And he pursues. We pick up the shield. We wait for the sizzle. We look at the Savior. Why? Because we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Could you imagine if your life as the musicians come up? Could you imagine what your life would be like? What would your life be like? Here's, here's what I know. Listen to me. Your anxiety medication could be reduced by a great deal if you would actually start believing God rather than looking for your preferred circumstances. If you would start trusting God rather, rather than putting God in your debt. What would your marriage be like if you started to walk with the shield of faith? What would your singleness be like? What would be... What would it be like with your finances if you walked with the shield of faith? No, no, I'm, I'm not going to buy this thing that I don't necessarily need because I have faith that, that God is with me and that he's already provided what I need. And I'm going to wait for him to direct me where to put this money or where to spend this issue. I'm not going to put myself in a jackpot. What would it be like to stop trusting in yourself? Stop trusting in preferred outcomes, but trust that Jesus is with you every step of the way. Not trust in how you want to identify in your gender. Not trust how you want to uh, express your sexuality, but trust that Jesus is with you no matter how he guides, leads, directs. <sighs> Your life would never be the same. You would walk with more confidence. You would have more joy. People would say, don't you know? Haven't you ever uh, seen people like this? Don't you know what's going on when people are telling you about the awful things that are happening in your life, but you're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own and the love we share as we tarry there, no other has ever known. He's with us. We're protected because he's our shield.